Welcome to the 117th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. When Dave and Deb Welch realized a few years ago that their children were not interested in taking over their organic cropping operation in southeast Nebraska, they had to undergo a bit of a change in the way they were thinking about the future of their farm. Instead of focusing on passing it on to a family member, the Welches began looking for unrelated beginning farmers who they could count on continuing the stewardship of their 550-acre operation. In 2007, with the help of various informal networks, they were able to hook up with Steve and Shelley Lorenz, graduates of the Land Stewardship Project's Farm Beginnings course. At the time, the Lorenzes were living in Minnesota, two states away from the Welsh farm. But the two families struck up a conversation via email and the telephone. That conversation eventually led to a face-to-face meeting on the Welch farm. It became clear the two couples were compatible. The Welches were impressed with Steve and Shelley's willingness to work hard and Steve's mechanical skills, and the younger couple liked that the older farmers were committed to managing the land organically using cutting-edge conservation techniques. What's interesting to note is that in one way, the Welches and the Lorenzes do not fit the retiring farmer-slash-beginning-farmer age-gap stereotype. Dave and Deb are in their early 50s, and Steve and Shelley are in their early 40s. However, it turns out the relative closeness of the two couples' ages has helped smooth the transition. The Lorenzes have plenty of farm and other work experience in their history, which means they were ready to hit the ground running when they moved to Nebraska. And since the Welches are still relatively young, they are in a good position to serve as energetic mentors, something that's particularly important when the farming system is as management-intensive as organic cropping is. Originally, the plan was for Steve and Shelley to complete their takeover of the farm in approximately 10 years. But around 2010, Dave and Deb decided they would like to get out of the day-to-day management of a crop farm even sooner. The Lorenzes seemed to be quick learners, and government-beginning farmer loans were available at low rates. So the two families agreed to cut the transition timeline basically in half. Since 2011, Steve and Shelley have done all the cropping on the farm's owned and rented ground. By 2013, they will finish purchasing the operation's equipment. The Lorenzes have signed an agreement that as long as they are farming the ground, it will remain organic. The Welches cash rent their cropland to the Lorenzes, and Dave is now an employee of the young couple's farm business, managing the organic audit trail and the bookkeeping. I recently talked to Dave and Steve about the importance of flexibility when executing a transition, particularly one that is between two different families. Dave started out discussing the importance of having realistic expectations when passing on the farm. You guys have... A situation here where you've been able to transition the farm and you had a couple I guess what some people might see obstacles one is it's not within a family situation the other is uh, Steve and Shelley came from two states away and uh, you know you didn't know a whole lot about each other before you did that but I was wondering if you could give a, um, a little bit of advice to somebody who might be looking at transitioning a farm on both ends of it either the people who are passing on the farm, and then um, from the perspective of the, the quote-unquote beginning farmer coming into a situation, you know, what are some things that maybe you've learned from this process? Well, I would say for a lot of landowners, you know, you're, you're going to have to lower your expectations on, on what the, the land might be able to provide to you in your retirement years. It, uh, it's very easy to go out and just, you know, sell the land to the highest bidder or go get the highest cash rent out there from a conventional farmer. But if you've got an operation that's unique, like an organic farm like ours, 
you may not find somebody is that's as readily available to come farm it that way and and plus the if we really want to maintain that organic operation we're going to need to make some concessions to make sure that the next generation's successful at it and so it can continue for as long as possible steve any any thoughts on that from your end from a beginning farmer coming into that yeah i would say that some of what the way i've kind of thought of it is um I'm just glad that I got the opportunity to do it. And there's some things that kind of, you can tip one way or the other, and you could see that maybe you're not going to make as much profit off of something. But I've just kind of absorbed it just because I think that I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for what I've got. And I think you need to remember that, that it's just, it's the opportunity to do something. When I moved here, I got all Dave's renters. And I wouldn't be able to even begin to get that. I don't even know how you'd get that market without having somebody locally to do it. Being thankful is a big thing. One of the things that uh, you had mentioned earlier, Dave, was that one of the strengths that you have in this situation is you don't all have the same strengths. You're kind of able to concentrate a little bit on different, your different areas of strength. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, in our situation, I mean, Steve's much more mechanically inclined than I am, which was true of my dad. And with dad stepping out of the operation, Steve was a natural fit to take over that area and I enjoy the paperwork side of it, the organic audit trail, the financial aspect of farming, and kind of more of the management side rather than the day-to-day production side. So it's it's been an easy way to delegate our abilities into those different areas and not step on each other's toes. And obviously we still have to communicate on all those areas, but you know one person can kind of be in charge and spend their time on it while the other person's doing things in their strength. So it's worked out pretty good. The other things you had talked about was a little bit surprising. When you were both on both ends maybe thinking about doing something like this, you had pictured, Steve and Shelley had pictured you guys being in your 60s. You guys had pictured them maybe being in their 20s. But, Steve, you said what's been kind of nice is because uh, it's obvious that uh, Dave and Deb are going to be around for several years, uh, especially with organics, and there's a big learning curve there that that, that's going to be valuable to have that that skill, the ability to tap into that skill uh, for several years? Yeah, just having somebody come alongside you as a mentor is, is just huge when you're doing organic. It's not like anything conventional I've ever done. And the practices, basically, they can kind of get you beating your head against the wall if you don't know what to do. And just being able to have somebody that can say, yeah, we've done that before and this is how we do it. It just it makes your life a lot easier and more comfortable with any decision that you make. I was wondering if uh, one of the things when you're looking at uh, uh, doing a transition like this, if you really have to build in some flexibility from day, from the day one, and it seems like you were able to, you kind of changed course a little bit midstream in that you just some things come along, some good things as far as, you know, the financials and then, you kind of had a bad year or whatever, a frustrating year, I guess. You were able to be flexible enough to kind of change change course a little bit? Yeah, we certainly accelerated the transition timeline here. Almost cut it in half, I suppose, where we were looking about a 10-year timeline before Steve took over all the cropping side of the operation and probably did that in about five years. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can, when you work with nature year-round pretty much and year-to-year, year, it's you kind of have to take what's given to you. And so, yeah, we had, you know, situations changed for our, both of our families, and and uh, we just tried to make adjustments accordingly, and it, so far it's worked out pretty good. Do you know uh, our other farm families 
that you guys know of kind of planning ahead this far ahead? It, it seems unusual. Oh, we probably started, you know, I was probably in my late 40s when we started this process. And, yeah, I don't think too many farmers are starting their transition plan when they're in their 40s. But certainly something that they need to start thinking about, especially if they have a unique operation and you'd like to see it maintained for the next generation or more. You're going to have to start thinking about it early on so you can bring somebody in to teach them about the operation and uh, get them to buy into it and, and feel comfortable about turning it over to them to keep it going. I'd add to what Dave said there is one of the good things about it is there's, there's one more generation beyond him yet that I'm able to learn from. And so it's that, and there's, there's a lot to be learned from anybody in an operation. And, and Dave's dad is, has been a mentor for me as well. So, I mean, bringing in somebody a little bit earlier, that, that, that helps too. It just helps having a multi-generational view on things. I mean, we originally expanded thinking that one of our kids might come back to the farm, and then once they made it through college and, and were employed after college, not in our farming operation, it uh, oh, it just kind of woke you up to the fact that, hey, you know, our kids aren't going to come back to the farm, so what's what's the, who, who will be farming this, you know, especially with it being a unique organic operation and some of the direct marketing that we do and things that not every farm does in our neighborhood. Uh, it's going to be a challenge to find somebody that would take that on and I guess when we knew that our kids weren't coming back which for a lot of dads especially I think in farming you kind of hope your son's going to come back and farm and and take over for you and when we got to the point where we realized that wouldn't happen at that point in time you kind of have a mental shift a little bit that well yeah this land's been in our family close to 100 years and you'd like to pass it along to to your next generation but uh, sometimes that doesn't happen and that to us, we still didn't want to just sell the sell the farm out to the highest bidder. We had something that we felt was unique, and so we wanted to find somebody that we could pass it along to. And it, it wasn't our land to begin with; it won't be ours when we're gone. And we're just looking for somebody that's going to take care of it well, you know, hopefully as well as my dad and grandpa did, and and hopefully you know Steve and Shelley and his kids will take care of it well too, or whoever's farming it down the road. So it. Kind of was a little bit of a mental shift for us that wouldn't necessarily be a family member that'll be farming it down the road, but it, we still knew that we, we've got somebody that'll take good care of it, and that's really what the bottom line was. For any farmer, you know, they, there's something they're proud about that farm, and it's very hard to let go, even if it's conventional or whatever. Maybe they've done a really good job setting up their, their system or whatever. But with organics, you know, there can be that little extra let's 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 try to find a way to keep that organic in the future a little bit yeah like you said all farmers i think are pretty proud of what they've put together and it's hard to let it go and turn it over to the next operation but if boy if they can think ahead a little bit find somebody that they're you know would like to work with that's uh, wanting to take it over and whether it's a family member or not the sooner they start making those plans and bringing somebody into the operation to to understand what they've done over probably decades of time and they can pass that knowledge along to them and both the successes and the failures that, that the likelihood of the next generation being successful just increases the the sooner you start that transition process i believe you guys had brought up the you know through this process how for both ends both the re, the farmer who's passing it on and the beginning farmer 
it would be very valuable to have some kind of an intermediary who could interview both sides, figure out what both sides, what they're bringing to the, to the relationship, what skills they have, what they want, that kind of thing. And I think, Steve, you had mentioned that it's not like people misrepresent themselves, but you often don't get the whole picture and figure out what's, what's going to make a good match just from a telephone conversation or an email or the, the classified ad that they put in. There, some, having some kind of inter- intermediary would be really valuable. Partly with the process we've been through over about the last five years and then uh, just with our work with an organic farming project and meeting other landlords and uh, prospective beginning farmers, the trying to make that connection is really tough. And I'm not sure exactly what the answer is, but yeah, I think if having someone there that's you know like myself and others that have been through the process to maybe help mentor both sides through the process down the road... Uh, we kind of know some of the pitfalls and successes we've had and that if if the new connection that's being made, if, if they have someone that can help them walk them through that process, the chances of their success, I think, will be greater. You can find the, you know, if you're using a lawyer or a you know business manager or a crop consultant, you know, you don't necessarily have to break all that new ground all over again by yourselves you know somebody that's been through it already can maybe help reach you bring you to the conclusion that you want to get to and maybe without all the struggles that somebody that's done it before has gone through and as as I'm stepping aside in the farming operation I think that's I'm not sure how I'll do it but but I'm seeing where that's maybe something that I'll really want to spend some of my time on in the future is, is helping to make these connections and helping to make them work down the road. Well, you know, when when a person tries to summarize their operation, I think you're trying to put a lot into a short little paragraph that you have, and I think that maybe you aren't necessarily misrepresenting it. You just, you know, word choice sometimes can mean a little bit one way or another, and you can misrepresent yourself without even trying. When I got to some of the places, they just weren't really what I had pictured, and I don't know if I idealized them a little bit or not, but if I could have talked to um, maybe an intermediate person like that and you could have had them have a kind of a neutral perspective, I think some of the places that I was at really wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even bothered to go because it was quite a trip. And, you know, I, I don't know. We just, we just got to move forward and try to figure out where we failed a little bit. I mean, the, the process that we went through, you know, I, I knew that it was going to, it felt right when I'm interviewed with Dave and Deb here. And this went really well. So I can't say that it's all bad. It just needs to be fine-tuned a little bit. For more information on transitioning farming operations onto the next generation, See the number 2 2012 edition of the Land Stewardship Letter at www.landstewardshipproject.org. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening.